Hello, you're listening to the Her Head and Films podcast. I'm your host. My name is Caitlin. I am a writer. I'm a feminist. I'm 27 years old. Um, I love literature, art, and cinema. I created this podcast as a way to share my personal thoughts and musings on cinema. Um, the title of the podcast, if you're curious or if you're new to the podcast, came from an email that I sent someone a few years ago. And in the email, um, at the time I was really obsessed with cinema, and I usually am, but at that time I was, I, I go through periods where it's like almost a fever, you know what I mean? Like I, I just get obsessed with watching movies. And I said in the email, my head isn't in the clouds, my head is in films. And so I thought that it sort of perfectly captured the way I feel about cinema. Which is that um, that I'm always thinking about it, that it sometimes consumes me watching films. Um, I watch films because they make me feel less alone, because I feel a sense of connection sometimes to the stories. Sometimes I watch films to escape, you know, to escape my reality. And um, sometimes I watch films uh, to be entertained or to feel some kind of pleasure. And then other times I'll watch films because I want to go more deeply into a topic or, or into something. So I watch films for many reasons, but I mean, at the end of the day, it really is what helps keep me alive and what helps me live, what helps me see the world in a different way, in a deeper way, to learn the stories of other people. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about for me, is to hear, to learn other people's stories and their experiences in the world. Because when you really stop to think about it, and I think about this a lot, way too much really, is that there is, I mean, how many people are on the earth right now? Like 6 billion? 7 billion? I, I could be off. Um, I'm not really sure. But it's like, oh my God. You know, all these people on the earth, and every single one of them has their own unique story and their own unique experiences and yet certain experiences connect us or bind us to other people and it's just this world is so vast it's so many languages so many cultures so much diversity um and what i love about watching cinema and i watch a lot of foreign films i watch a lot of uh you know art house and international cinema because that's really important to me it's important that, for me, cinema breaks down borders. It breaks down walls, especially at a time when we're trying to build up those walls and to build up um, borders between one another. And um, so it's a, you, you can't learn all six billion or seven billion of those stories, you know. You can't really completely understand another culture that's that's different from your own um but you can try you know you can give it a, your best shot to try to understand people who are different from you and 
lead different lives and that is something that I try to do in my life and um, I wish more people wanted to do that but um, you know and I just wanted to go on a little bit of a tangent um, I've been thinking a lot about this podcast and I also started a book podcast where I talk about literature that I read and I'll put that um, in the description of the episode But I was thinking about how this podcast, I mean, I started it on a lark. I just sort of started it as just something that I thought would be interesting or, um, like I go through periods when it's difficult for me to write. I mean, writing is very important to me and I do consider myself a writer, but, um, but sometimes it's just easier for me to talk or for me to speak or whatever and I don't always want to write about a book or a film and I live in a very I live in a rural area um, in the south in the United States and I don't have people to talk to about books and films I mean these are the main passions of my life but I don't really have anybody to share my thoughts or opinions with and so that's what this podcast functions as it, it it's this it's this outlet for me to talk about you know film and um i was just thinking about how powerful that's been for me to start this podcast because i've always been a very shy very um socially anxious person i i really struggle with anxiety in my life I struggle with depression as well um, and these are things that have been a major part of my life since I was a child and um, and I was thinking about how much of my life I feel very silenced and I feel very uh, um, marginalized um, when I was a child I like uh, when I was in school when I was like in elementary school and stuff I was so shy I was so socially awkward and anxious that uh, the other kids would sometimes ask me if I was mute because I couldn't speak and I was so scared to speak and I was scared of people and I guess in some way I still am I was I, I was unable to connect to people and to talk to people and you know, recently I graduated college like a few years ago um, in 2014 and I was, I have a Bachelor of Arts in, um, in English and in Women's and Gender Studies. I, I double majored in, in college and um, I loved my classes. I loved most of them and really enjoyed them. But a, a huge part of some of these classes was having to speak was having to engage in discussions and seminars and for the life of me I could not do it and I really struggled to do it there were maybe a few classes that were maybe like smaller and I was able to talk in them but it was like I could never really you know in the moment when you raise your hand or sorry when you get called on it was like my mind would go completely blank and I couldn't think of what to say and I couldn't think of anything interesting or deep or intellectual or 
or meaningful to say and then of course I would be in a classroom with you know these really brilliant feminist thinkers or you know people who were able to articulate themselves so well in class and in front of a group and I never felt like I could really do that you know maybe I would think of something later you know after class had ended and and it caused a lot of doubt and insecurity for me that I wasn't able to express myself and articulate myself in front of people because I would get so nervous and my heart would race and and I would just I would lose it I would just feel so paralyzed and um and debilitated you know in that moment and I couldn't I couldn't give what was expected of me you know and what was demanded and so it's this thing that's haunted me my whole life this silence you know this this inability to speak um, this inability to be heard or to have a voice or to uh, to be heard you know and so I think that's why having this podcast has been so important to me and so and such a positive thing like I I love doing these podcasts like it's actually I find it really cathartic I find it really therapeutic because you know I talk about films and in my book podcast I talk about literature as well I talk about these things in a very personal way because that's just how I live you know um, I've been through a lot in my life I've been through a lot of loss I've been through a lot of grief I've been through poverty I've been through you know any number of uh, difficult and traumatic events so sometimes you know I wake up and I'm just trying to survive the day I don't have a whole lot left and I don't have a whole lot to give sometimes so when I think about art and literature and and films you know these are not theories to me these are this is not an intellectual exercise this is not you know um, something dry or academic for me um, this is this is like I don't want to say life and death but it's it's um, it's important it's it's salvation to me you know when I watch a film and and it speaks to me and it speaks to my heart like that matters to me that helps get me through the day that helps me you know find meaning and sustenance in life you know like some of you know some of you don't know if you're if you're new I lost my father when I was 16 in 2006 my father died and it was shattering and it was catastrophic for me and it completely wounded me and it's something that I still am completely you know broken by um because he was not just my father he was my best friend and he was my supporter and my champion and I didn't have a lot of people in my life who who loved me and and who cared about me and I still don't and um I really don't have any family um I don't have many friends so I have my mom that's who I mainly have now she's my main support but my father was a very crucial central important person to me and 
he was a beautiful person and he was he was everything and losing him was incomprehensible losing him was my worst fear realized you know and it, i've never come back from it you know i've never really recovered from it but i have found a way to keep living and i keep living because of art and because of these films because of these books you know what i mean like that's why I keep living like besides you know my mother and the love I have for her obviously she's kept me alive but there is this other part of me you know that just craves knowledge and craves books and, and needs books needs films you know I need these things to nourish me and to keep me alive and to keep me awake and alert and to and to remind me of what I'm doing here and, and, and to remind me that there's still beauty in life, that there is still a point to any of this, you know? Because I think when you lose somebody you love, it's just everything becomes so pointless, so meaningless. You know, what is this life without that person? That's really another discussion. But I did want to just talk about how this podcast has really helped me and it's something that has become really important to me and it has become an outlet for me to share my thoughts and my feelings and to feel like other people are hearing me to feel like I have a voice and um, and that I'm connecting with people in some way and I've gotten some positive feedback about the podcast and you know people who really enjoy it and who like it and you know, that means the world to me, you know, to think that, you know, my voice is reaching somebody um, somewhere. Because life is so lonely, you know, it's it's so difficult and lonely. And, you know, I think if you can, if you can hear a voice and you can connect with someone who, um, who maybe articulates things that you feel yourself or that you think... I think that's a really powerful experience to have. So I just wanted to say that before I start talking about this film. Um, so uh, the film that I'm going to talk about is not well known. It's it's probably a film that you haven't seen, but it's a film that I felt like I needed to talk about. And so it's called Arabia. It's from this year, 2017. Um, it's a Brazilian film. It's uh, it's a small film actually by uh, two men who directed it, and um, I don't even I don't even know where to start. But it's set in Brazil. It is it's I guess you could say it's a kind of a road movie or something, but it's this very profound film about a Brazilian laborer, a Brazilian worker, and that man's name is Cristiano, and the way the film is structured is very interesting because when the film begins, Cristiano has actually been hurt. Um, he works at a factory, and he is lying in the hospital, and we don't actually know what's wrong with him, or what happened. 
but something has happened and he is unconscious and he's in the hospital and um of like a friend of Cristiano's there's this woman that he's friends with she has a nephew I think I think it's her nephew that she's taken in and he goes to Cristiano's apartment or house and he finds this notebook that Cristiano has written in and um, the notebook basically tells Cristiano's life he wrote his story um, after joining a theater group at the factory where he work where he works in Brazil and what the store what his story is about is the common person the ordinary person and um, he is a laborer he and he's also someone who has traveled across Brazil and done various jobs various difficult jobs he's worked on a farm He's worked in factories, he's unloaded trucks, he's done all kinds of like very physical, you know, laborious jobs that are arduous and difficult. Um, and um, and so he, this, there's a political aspect to this film that's not necessarily explicit, but it is a film that's about work, that's about the exploitation of workers in Brazil um, it's about one man's story as a laborer and he meets different people as he travels around Brazil doing odd jobs and um, it's it's a simple story in many ways you know it's about Cristiano's life but it's very poetic because the, the film is told through his words and it's told in his voiceover so you hear the actor speaking the words that are in the notebook um, that he's written and so you know often when it comes to poor people or the working class or the marginalized we can often be uh, given things that speak for them you know that that um that maybe a privileged person is trying to speak for um the oppressed and what i loved about this film was that it was really about a person of an oppressed and marginalized group speaking for themselves and telling their own story and it's not a documentary it's a feature film it's, it's a fictional film um, but the directors uh, did a great deal of research about um, you know the working class and laborers and um, they also talked to the actor who played Cristiano and sometimes he would tell stories and, um, and Cristiano is someone who you don't often hear this kind of story about just a common everyday person and it's about his journey across Brazil and there's a love story he falls in love with a woman named Anna I believe and um, and she later on in the film sends him this beautiful love letter 
and um, the the centrality of writing in the film is really important. You know, Cristiano is telling his story um, himself. He's writing it in this notebook um, as a, as an assignment, I guess, when he joined the theater group at the factory. And um, I guess as someone, I myself, I keep a journal, and it's always been really important to me to to write about my life and to write about myself and to um, tell my story and, and to tell my own narrative. And I think that there is a certain amount of like self-discovery and awakening that can happen through writing. And this film really shows the power of, you know, a person writing down their own story and talking about their life. And, um, and that's what Cristiano does. And he's, you know, he's the common man. You know, he's sort of the everyday person who does the jobs that a lot of people don't want to do. And um, it's definitely, I think, a bit of a critique or a commentary on capitalism. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about Brazil or to know about the social economic issues of Brazil. But I would imagine that it, there is inequality. I I did watch um, some documentaries when the um, the the Olympics were going on in Rio de Janeiro uh, recently, last year I think it was, and there was a few documentaries that I was watching about you know how all this money went into creating these facilities in Rio, and just you know a few miles away there were people living, you know, in poverty and living in really terrible conditions with raw sewage and and people had actually been evicted from their homes to take the land on which these facilities were built and so I was really I'm actually against the Olympics for that reason, you know, kind of the real sports on HBO with Bryant Gumbel talked about this. They also talked about the Olympics in Russia in Sochi um, a few years ago. People actually died building those facilities. So there is a lot of human cost to these Olympics. And um, there's a lot of invisible labor that goes into building the facilities and building the infrastructure. And often that labor is done by the poor and by the marginalized and so um, so with that in mind I did watch the film and and um, it's even though it's set in Brazil I think you could find something in it to relate to just in terms of capitalism and how workers get treated at one point Cristiano is working um, uh, I don't know if it's an orange grove or tangerines or it's some kind of fruit grove where he picks fruit from trees and um and he's talking to a man who's I don't know if it was his father or somebody he knew excuse me who was a labor activist and who was trying to um get the workers to uh to strike and to demand better wages and and better um, and better conditions, working conditions, and it and it was actually helpful, and and it actually changed things for some of the workers. Although it's not, it's still not, you know, uh, 
what it should be and eventually Cristiano has to leave that job because the person doesn't want to pay him and um, and he's just not able to to continue doing doing the job because it's just so difficult on his body and there's this really interesting scene of Cristiano talking to an older man who you can tell is also a laborer and, a, and a, somebody who's worked the fields and stuff and they're talking about like all the different things that, that they've carried and how um, how certain things are light like I don't know how to describe it but um like they've unloaded trucks they've they've carried fruit they've carried bags of rice bags of um, you know sugar and things like that and so they're talking about oh well, the bag of sugar is heavy or oh the bag of rice is so light I much prefer you know carrying the bag of rice and it's really about I don't know how to describe it it's this really interesting scene where they're just thinking back over their over those experiences of all the things that they've carried and what was the heaviest and what was the lightest and it makes it makes me think about my father because my father was a laborer he um he worked in for much of his life he worked like uh in furniture factories where he would unload trucks like he would use like a hand truck or a forklift sometimes i think but sometimes he would physically unload trucks and um it was, you know, it could be backbreaking work, and it could be really difficult work, and um, you know, he did that to provide a life for me, and and um, he was someone who made a lot of sacrifices for me, and for for my mom, and I always wished better for him you know it's it's hard it's like <sighs> there was so much to him and uh he loved music music was like his big passion he was always listening to music and he had sort of this encyclopedic encyclopedic knowledge of you know music and stuff and um and it's like all he did was unload trucks all his life like he never like he had dreams I'm sure he had dreams when he was a teenager and things he wanted to be and things he wanted to do and he ended up you know at a at a factory unloading trucks you know and you know you think about that and you think about people like Cristiano who you know they do want more from life and they are not able to uh, to have it you know and it's not by for any fault of of theirs you know it's it's um you know i don't believe in like this pull yourself up by the bootstraps crap you know um we live in a society we live in a world you know where people are exploited and where people struggle to make a living wage and struggle to provide for themselves and their families and we live in a world where the rights of workers is con are constantly undermined and are constantly attacked and threatened you know and um you know cristiano is trying to survive you know he's 
he's doing these jobs not necessarily because he loves them or he enjoys them but because he has no other option and he he needs to do these things um, and his story is one that often is not told in the mainstream media or in films or television shows which is the life of the working class the life of of a laborer of a worker um, you know so many movies and TV shows these days just want to focus on rich people or middle-class people and we don't really hear about people like Cristiano who um, who do really difficult jobs and do this sort of they're sort of rendered invisible in many ways you know I think about the correlation with the US would probably be Mexican workers, um, Mexican migrants, um, and immigrants who have come to the U.S. and often do really back-breaking labor, like, you know, picking tree, picking fruit off of trees, or, you know, just different forms of labor, um, uh, that really goes unseen and unappreciated in many ways. And so when I was seeing Cristiano's story, I was thinking I, that would be a really good story that we could tell in the United States about, you know, Mexican or Hispanic immigrants who come to the U.S. and do certain kinds of labor and certain kinds of jobs that that we'd rather not talk about or and would rather not acknowledge that, that work that they do. And, um... What else? What else about this film? It just, it just felt to me like it was, it was this, really Christiana was giving voice to sort of the economically marginalized and the working class and, and the, uh, the oppressed and the exploited, you know, under capitalism and, the ending is just so wonderful. He talks about um, sort of he's he's doing this really backbreaking job um, at a factory, um, and he he stops and he looks around him and he he sort of just sees the pointlessness of it. He's like, "Why are we doing this? You know, why are we running our bodies into the ground to do this job? And we have no lives and." we have nothing, you know, and he sort of fantasizes about, you know, stopping and just, and leaving the factory and, and the other workers coming with him and, and leaving the factory and, and escaping. It's really, it's sort of a daydream about escaping this backbreaking work and this backbreaking labor that he's had to do for much of his life even though he's pretty young I mean he's somebody who's in his 20s I guess you know maybe his early 30s and he's coming to the realization that for all these years you know he's traveled across the country and you know he's met he's met some great friends and that's a great part of the movie too is all the different people he meets and the other workers that he meets who relate to his to his struggle and his story and but at some point he realizes you know I've done all this work I've done all these jobs I've struggled and struggled to 
make ends meet to put food in my mouth to you know to just have some kind of life some kind of existence and what do I really have you know what have I really accomplished with all of this and he sees the injustice of it he sees the um sort of the emptiness of it you know and I think movies like this movies about the working class or movies about people who do backbreaking labor I think they force us um, to think about our complicity, you know, our responsibility in it, and you know what what will we tolerate when it comes to the toll that it takes on people's bodies to do certain kinds of work for us? You know, when I think of this, I think of, for example, Amazon you know amazon.com you know the the um the warehouses when you order something from amazon i don't know if a lot of people realize it but um when you order these things there are there are warehouses throughout the united states and i guess i guess they're in other countries too i'm not sure and there is a person who is responsible for getting that item and shipping it and they often have to run around these warehouses. They are monitored uh, basically every minute of the day. I guess they're wearing something that they have on is monitoring them. And they have this scanner, you know, and they scan things. And sometimes in a given day, they will walk or run miles. I mean, it adds up all the steps that they take. It, it, it equals like miles and miles that they end up having to run. Um, and it's it's difficult. It's physically grueling and exhausting. I read this story a few years ago about a man who died. He had like a heart attack or something. And um, there was a story a few years ago too, where um, that was about how um, one of the Amazon factory or warehouses got so hot that people were um like passing out and they would have like ambulances outside these warehouses or I think of something like UPS I remember in college we we read this essay about somebody who worked at UPS and they were um, you know shipping things and it was very it was backbreaking work it was long hours for low pay it was very demanding on a person's body or even think of what my father did, you know, with loading and unloading trucks and, you know, how difficult that work could be. And so, I think we need to think about work and, and the different types of work that people do and the toll that it takes on their bodies and how we live in a society where we tolerate that, where we say, well... I want that Amazon, and I'm I'm part of this too. I order from Amazon too. Like I'm I'm not saying I'm above this or anything. But when I make that order, somebody's running around a warehouse to find that item and to ship it, and that's taking a toll on their body. You know, <laughs> that's just the truth. And um, you know, I worked uh, in customer service a few years ago for a place and it was a clothing company and and 
you know, the warehouse employees were never got a day off. They had to work overtime. Sometimes, um, you know, there would be injuries on the job and and um it was it sounded pretty grueling and pretty difficult in the warehouse section where they shipped the clothes and stuff. And so a lot of people who ordered those clothes and it was a very popular clothing brand, you know, they may not realize that in order for them to get those clothes somebody's having to do really difficult labor to bring that to them and you know as capitalism gets worse and worse and worse because you know workers don't have a lot of rights and they don't have a lot of bargaining power and unions have been demolished and there seemed to be a similar correlation in brazil with cristiano you know doing a lot of these menial jobs with very little pay very little protections very little you know, and we see with the Trump administration, they're already, you know, probably thinking about, you know, they're, they're already attacking the, the Environmental Protection Agency. They're trying to, you know, really set us back in terms of our environment and workers, you know, work conditions and, and things like that. So it's like, what are we willing to tolerate, you know, like when it comes to the types of jobs that people do and the toll it takes on their bodies and how sometimes it kills them you know what I mean it's it actually kills people to do some of these jobs um, you know we've all heard horror stories you know about different warehouses or different factories or you know different places like that I myself worked in a factory when I was when I graduated high school, you know, my father died when I was 16 and it basically plunged me and my mother into poverty. And, um, we really struggled to make ends meet and I had, and I didn't go to college right out of high school. I actually, uh, I went and worked at a factory to, to make money, you know, and it was, it was terrible. Like I hated it. There were no windows. It was, I made minimum wage, so I made about $7.25, um, and it was just, it was a terrible job, and it took a huge toll on my health, and my health has never been the same. So, you know, I think a lot about these things. I think about work. I think about, you know, the jobs that people have to do in this world and in this country. And how often those jobs can have mental uh, consequences and physical consequences on people's bodies and and on their lives, or we see more and more how um, like the a lot of jobs are like in the service sector, and a lot of those jobs are performed by women and by women of color, and then you think of like the home health aides, um, which are becoming much more numerous because. The population of the United States is getting older and older because of the baby boomers. So the, the demand for home health aides has, has risen and increased. And they're paid like nothing. I mean, minimum wage, you know. And they do back-breaking work to take care of people. And a lot of those jobs are performed by women of color, you know. And... um 
and it, and I'm sure that takes a huge toll on their bodies, you know, to have to do really physical and backbreaking work, and they have few protections and few benefits, you know, and so you, I just think more and more about like we as a society, we as as a people, we as humans, you know, the work that we tolerate and the types of jobs that we that we demand that people do. You know, it's, there's, to me, there's a morality there, you know, is how can, how could we make work more ethical? How could we make work more, um, like, tolerable and sustainable, you know, for people's lives and people's bodies? And um, I, I guess I'm sort of living in a dream world to think we would ever get to a place like that, you know, but... You know, as someone who has seen what certain types of work can do to people and how difficult they can be and the toll that it takes and the consequences of that kind of work, you know, it does it does make me think, you know. And, and with Cristiano, you have a character who really embodies that, you know, who, who has really put his body on the line, you know, to perform these jobs. And now he's laying in a hospital unconscious you know we don't we don't really know what happens to him um but we feel very connected to him because we've heard his story and we've seen what his life was like and and the writing that that is attributed to cristiano in the film you know it's it's simple but it's so poetic
to stop thinking about it. Like, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and it's it's just a really brilliant film, and I definitely hope that you will have the chance to see it, you know. It's one of those films I wish, like, Netflix would get or something, and, um, because I would just love for more people to see this film and, and, and to get to experience it for themselves. We need more films like this that tell these stories, the stories of people who are, who are really rendered invisible and rendered sort of voiceless and who are silenced. But of course with Cristiano, he's resisting that, you know, he's resisting that silencing and he's telling his own story and really shows the power of writing, you know, in being able to create your own narrative and to um, tell your own story in your own words and, um, you know, how important and, uh, and essential that is, really. So, but, um, that's Arabia. And, uh, the title, if you're wondering, it just comes from a joke that is told in the film. I'm not totally sure why they chose it as the title, but, um, um, it's, it's just from a joke that one of the characters, um, makes. So, that's all that I have to say about this film but it's one of those that stays with you and that you'll remember and that you'll be grateful for for having seen so if you get the chance to see it or if you see it online or something I, I definitely think that it's worth watching and that it's a very special special film anyways thank you so much for listening I really appreciate it bye